Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It is One Man's Opinion. Thank you, thank you, thank you, one and all, for your support of this little project of ours. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, commenting, the whole deal, anything you've done that gives any kind of attention to this podcast because that's how it works, and uh, we appreciate it. Appreciate you taking the time out to listen to this week's episode number 138. It's our Thanksgiving episode, everybody. This is season three. For those who don't know, 138 episodes in. And uh, yeah, the Thanksgiving episode like to talk more upbeat stuff. I know the recent couple podcasts have been a little bit downtrodden, a little bit uh, more angry today. We're going to try to lift those spirits up as best we can. Thank you once again for doing it. Uh, my name is Jeff Mans. by the way, in case you're just stumbling upon it, you did a search for sports podcasts or fantasy sports podcasts or betting podcasts or whatever it may be. You could hear me, Jeff Mans, on elite sports. I host that program on Sirius XM's fantasy sports radio, three to 5 PM Eastern every weekday afternoon. Also Sunday morning, Sirius XM fantasy football pregame me and Bob Harris. Every single Sunday morning from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on the Fantasy Sports Radio channel on Sirius XM all during the NFL season. I'm part owner and the chief content officer over at FantasyGuru.com. We got 35 years in the business, baby. There's nobody more experienced. There's no better group or community of fantasy sports, sports bettors, seasonal players, commentary analysts around than what we offer over at fantasyguru.com. So come check it out. Whether it's football season, we've got the man's giving sale going on right now. $99 for the rest of the football season. You may say, oh, football season's almost over. Uh, no, it is not. Not by a long shot. Why? We have 11 more weeks to go. We've got eight Weeks of the regular season, we've got three great weeks of the playoffs. We've got a Super Bowl. We've got a lot to go. We will draft and participate and show you how to play seasonal fantasy sports in the playoffs. We will bet with you, prop bet with you, daily fantasy football, build lineups, core four, programs, live streams, podcasts, rankings, projections, optimizer, discord, watch the games with me in the man's cave discord room. That alone is worth the $99. I would think I would hope so uh, for the rest of the season. So come on over and join the elite mafia this year. Do not wait folks. And that's the theme of this episode. Overall, you don't want to wait because waiting, you don't know what next year is going to bring where everybody's going to be and all that stuff. Make yourself happy now and get in on that while you can. We also have great NBA coverage, NHL coverage, PGA in season coverage. NASCAR is over now, but it'll start in February with Daytona. Soccer, the World Cup is ongoing right now as well. So tons of great content over there. Check it out. Follow me, Jeff Mans, on social media, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. Everywhere else, it's one word. The Jeff Mance, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. All right, this, we've got so much ground to cover, man. We are going to react to things that happened last week, although, you know, getting smaller that, we've got betting stuff, we've got DFS stuff, 
We've got, I want to go through the quarterback position with you on today's show. We have like six teams that are starting a different quarterback as of this recording. By the time you're listening to this on, well, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe it could be seven or eight teams that have different quarterbacks starting for them in week number 12. So we'll break that down for you as well. I've got a single game parlay for the Thanksgiving day crew. If you're listening to this on late Wednesday night or before Thanksgiving game start, you guys deserve a little extra and you're going to get a little extra. My SGP single game parlay for the bills and lions on this program here today. So that's what we got planned for you. This is the Thanksgiving Day show, Thanksgiving episode. Um, and I wanted to you know, give a little thanks. I talked about this, me and Ray Flowers on the SiriusXM show on Wednesday. We talked about uplifting things and positivity, and, and we want to be positive. I will talk a little bit more about this uh, that I couldn't get into on the radio show. Uh, by the way, available on the SXM app. Pandora, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast, that's where you find this, spread the word. But last year at this time, it was about two or three. It was the first week of November that I had, I went in for a colonoscopy, was having some issues, digestive issues, all that kind of stuff. Went in for a colonoscopy. It was like immediate. They didn't even let me recover. And they told me, yeah, you have a mass in your colon and that's a problem. For those who don't know, I had intestinal cancer back in 2017, fought that, had surgery to remove it, had treatment afterwards, cleared, have been clear for the last five years up until that point. And that was, it was an absolute terrifying ordeal. Um, I sit here a week late or a week, a year later and look back on it. And I, I guess I just, it's one of those deals where when you're in the moment, you don't fear anything. You don't think of anything. You don't realize it. But looking back, like, holy shit, this is uncensored, by the way. I will curse. Uh, Thanksgiving or not, holidays or not, I'm going to curse. So this is a podcast, this show is not for sensitive ears. But I, uh, holy shit, what was I thinking? I didn't, I put off treatment until after the football season. In my mind, it wasn't that big of a deal. Medical back in 2021, you weren't getting into doctors right away anyway. Everything was COVID and it took a month anyway. I figured, what's the problems with a month? And I'll finish up the football season, do all my due diligence there, and then tr go in for treatment, figure out whatever I had to do. Uh, hindsight, terrible idea. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out very well either for me. I'm okay. I'm fine now as we sit here a year later, just for those who weren't aware of the situation and things that don't want to upset anybody. I'm not trying to gain sympathy or anything. I'm just trying to frame things for hopefully for everybody on this holiday weekend, this holiday season, quite frankly, just get a little perspective because I need it on a personal level. Uh, Cause I look back and like think of myself a year ago, what, what the fuck were you doing? What were you fucking thinking? You idiot. What happened was I put off treatment till uh, end of December. I thought mid-December I'll make my appointments go in right after the end of the NFL regular season. I didn't want to let down my customers and people and my coworkers at fantasyguru.com. So that was the thought, except that I didn't realize that when I went to book appointments then, it was a month out. So I didn't get in till mid to late January, then had to go through more scans and tests and everything else. 
long story short, I didn't receive treatment. I had to have surgery, colon, colon surgery in March of this year. Mid-March is when I went in, had that. It was a long recovery. It took me, well, they said, oh, yeah, it'll take two to four weeks. I was off the air for two weeks, if you recall. Shout out to Ray Flowers, Ted Schuster for filling in on that. But I was actually out. I came back about two weeks after two weeks, but it was horrific and bad. And I had to not just the show, but also pain tolerance, everything. It took me a good 12 weeks to recover from that. It was a long time. We were mid baseball season by the time I was feeling anything remote, like a normal person. So that's like, that takes me into that midway of this year for something that was a year ago. Like I have, I didn't fully recover for that. And thank God it was benign. And all that was good and cleared, and I feel like a million bucks again. Um, granted, a little bit fatter and a little bit more out of shape, million bucks, but a million bucks, like a million bucks that's been like, you know, that crumple. Anybody ever pay you? You, you want to bet with your buddies and they crumple the, the, the $20 bill or whatever they give you, they crumple it and throw it at you. Here's your fucking money. That's what, kind of what I, I feel like that version of the million dollars. It's technically still currency, but it's been battered and bruised and all that. But anyway, that's the last year for me, and it is something I have to remind myself that, wow, life's pretty fucking great. It's pretty good when you think about it. Last, No matter what I want to tell anybody, what I did let on, again, I didn't mention this on the air. I did tell the Elite Sports Group and our CEO, Rob Brink, at Fantasy Guru. I didn't tell my coworkers. I told media family but didn't tell extended family that i was going through anything um but you never know what somebody's going through and there were times last year where people would be really shitty to me and mean as they always are and i would think to myself like motherfucker you know what the fuck i have to go through all this shit and I've got this going on and you don't like that i made one bad core four play or some shit and the thing is None of you knew it, so it wasn't your responsibility. But I think we all need to take a little bit of responsibility, be better to each other when possible. Listen, somebody cuts you off and flips you the bird and you get mad. You don't get out of your car and start pummeling anybody, but it's okay to wave your fists and yell at them, you know, uh, in the car. Don't get out of the car. It's all right to be mad is what I'm saying. But you don't know what that person's going through and what their day has been like or anything like that. So I want you all to remember that as you're sitting around the Thanksgiving dinner table, if you're spending time, maybe you went to visit family out of town, maybe you've got family from out of town in with you staying and emotions are going to run hot. We just had a massive election season. I'm sure everybody has a fucking opinion and everybody's talking, you know, about things and just breathe in, in through the nose, out through the mouth, breathing exercises. It regulates everything in your body. Just do that. Try to calm down and pay attention and be better to people as much as you possibly can. So, um, and uh, look at people like, you know, anybody who's an asshole, say, you know what, that asshole must be going through something, right? Somebody didn't love them. Somebody didn't like them. Somebody just broke up with them. They just lost their job or they're under duress for whatever reason. And just give them a little bit of an excuse, right? To so that they don't, and most importantly, even if you don't do it for them, do it for yourself. Don't get hooked into it. Don't get into a Twitter war. 
Why? Because you don't know when that other person's never going to stop. And then what? Your whole fucking night is ruined. Are you fucking? You serious? We're going to do this? Same with the Thanksgiving Day table or the holidays. Like you're really going to let people ruin it because they have a different opinion than you on a, a politician or a sports team or a movie or a song or whatever you're going to fight about. Nah, don't let it happen. And I want to this time of year. So for me, like Thanksgiving, so that's what I've been through. Uh, I'm thankful for the people who helped me. And believe it or not, each and every one of you, you had direct impact on my life and things for me because of your support. Listening, following, subscribing to the site, looking at the work, enjoying the work, just not liking the work, saying I suck, saying I'm great, would anything in between, just all of it. I'm truly thankful for all of you because that's a part of my life and part of where I'm at right now. And I'm very thankful for all of you. And I appreciate the support. And I will work my ass off to continue to, uh, I look at it like I have to for, I force you to support me. Because if I put out good work and try to do the best I can do and be there for you as much as humanly possible, you guys will return the favor. And you've never let me down. Never. You guys are always there. When I give it my all, you guys are there just like you were last year. And real, really, really appreciate it. Um, so I'm happy for all that. Happy with the crew and group and the product we have at Fantasy Guru. The radio show, another year at SiriusXM, getting this podcast on the SXM app is just tremendous uh, opportunity. It's great to appeal to everybody who listens to the radio show and to grow the Elite Mafia is always a wonderful thing as well. Now, I'm very thankful for all of that. This time of year, uh, you know, for me, for you guys, I want you to think of your Thanksgiving. Like, what do you, when you think Thanksgiving, what do you think of? For me, I, it's my Uncle Ed. Uncle Ed passed away uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I gave a little thing on the radio about it when he passed away, but my uncle Ed, so like my upbringing for those who aren't familiar, you didn't listen. How dare you didn't listen to all 137 previous episodes. What the fuck's wrong with you guys? Come on. I've given my life story out several times on this show, but I'll, I'll reiterate for those of you. And for those of you who are like, I heard it, man. I don't give a shit. Let me fast forward to the bets. All right. Well, you know, you could do, uh, I think you could do two times the speed or one and a half times speed and go ahead and do that. And you'll be, you'll be good to go. But my uncle Ed was, he was the rich guy of the family. We all have an uncle Ed. We all have an uncle or cousin or somebody who's the well-off one, the one that everybody else in the family talks shit about, but then kisses the ring of as well, right? And for me and my family, it was my uncle Ed, and uncle Ed was a guy that was not in my life. He was the oldest brother of my mom and sister, or my mom and her sister, my aunt, and uh, lived in Illinois, but lived out in the burbs. He grew up or I'm sorry, he lived in nice houses, all that. Um, but on a regular day-to-day, -day, I had almost no contact with him. It was just during the holidays, we would go to the Uncle, Uncle Ed's house. That was the thing we did. And from like my earliest memory of that, it was going to his house, big-ass house, big-ass yard. I think it was like Country Club Hills, if I'm not mistaken, like the name of the town, like the whole thing. It was quite a drive, but it was he had a basement with a pool table and table tennis and a weight bench and rooms for all of us and the kids, myself 
and my nephews and nieces and all the kids would just go down there. We just be there. I'll tell us, go fuck, go fuck yourselves and play in the basement. Don't come near us. The adults would go play cards and drink wine and have great meals. The thing I didn't know about my uncle Ed for all those years is just that, or I didn't realize is just how in control he was and that he was a part of, he, you know, he was, nobody had to worry about anything. And that's such a different feeling than even now. Like he always took care of everything. My mom, we didn't have money. My dad was out of work for years and years and years in the early eighties. He would do odd jobs and got laid off and back into it. And uh, my mom drove a bus. My dad drove a bus for a while, but he was a grocery store manager. A grocery store went out of business. He lost a job. Couldn't get hired anywhere for a while in the early 80s. Whole whole bad scenario. We were dirt poor. Uh, parents didn't ask. My grandparents were, uh, my dad's parents were dead by the time I was born. And my mom's parents didn't want to give us a dime. They're the ones that, if you know the story, we'd have to, my dad and I would go over there, shovel the drive, cut the grass, rake the leaves, do all their work. And they wouldn't even let us in the house. They put a beer and a seven up outside. And that was our, our reward. Don't even talk to me. Don't look me in the eye. That's my grandparents were pretty up, uppity people. I should say my grandma was, my grandfather was not, but um, he died in 91. So I was only 13 or so when he passed away. Where I'm going with this was that for a brief time and Thanksgiving day, and he did Christmases for a while too, is you never had to worry about anything. Nobody had to bring any food. They often did. My mom would try to make something, but uncle had always controlled everything. He's like, I got it. I will get the food. I will get, I'll, you know, have places for the kids places and fun things for the adults the tv will be on with the football games we'll have a fire going you guys if it's decent enough outside you go outside you go inside like it was just that and everybody respected it and loved it had a good time adults would get in arguments and my i remember my sister's boyfriend at the time ended up marrying the guy passed out drunk one year and uh, Uncle Ed had everything ready for him. He knew what to do. And it was just, you know, it was just always a good time. You felt in control. And, like, I respect the hell out of it. I appreciate it. Um, when my uncle passed away a couple of years ago, I it talked about on the air how he gave me probably the most important advice that I've ever received. And, again, I didn't talk to – you don't understand. Like, he was the well-to-do guy that even my 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 parents, my dad, would just bow down at. And he wouldn't even talk shit about him, you know, as I said, I teased it, talk shit. No, they didn't. Everyone respected my uncle. And that was, everyone was intimidated by him because, he, but he's super nice, never mean to a soul in his life, was hard on people. I won't say that. I'm sure my cousins, his kids will say, yeah, he, he's a, you know, had run-ins, but he was a tough guy, but he's a leader. And I just respect that. I respect people that have to be tough in the face of adversity, make tough decisions, but people could rally around it. And we just don't have enough leadership anywhere. And I'm not talking political. I'm talking just in general, in our families. You know, There's nobody at the table to say, hey, shut the fuck up. You know, another thing about Trump, hey, you know what Biden's doing? Shut the fuck up. If you tried to bring up that kind of shit around my uncle, he'd be like, shut the fuck up. Jet, shut up. And it would be down. You're shut up, done. 
You're not bringing up bullshit. Not at his table. And I just respect the hell out of it, and I try to emulate um, him as much as possible. But it was, it was a great time growing up in that environment and being able to go there. We look forward to it. We didn't want to leave. We played pool and table tennis, and we always had games and stuff, me and my nephews and my niece. Uh, we had the time of our lives down there. You know, it was uh, a really great time and, you know, always miss him around the holidays as well. That was, uh, that was that. that now it, what, what happened though, it's like when my uncle, I got too old and when we, I moved far away. He was, he stayed in the South side. I ended up moving North eventually at further and further West of Chicago too. Um, it became a thing where, and I hope you guys aren't doing this to your families, you know, don't make excuses. Drive the extra distance. I feel like there's too much. There's this. This happens in my family all the time. It's absolutely heartbreaking. People really make excuses of why they're too busy to attend an event. Hey, we're having a pool party. Can't go. Got to work. Okay. Like, what are you, doctor, scientist, lawyer? Like, you got yeah, court in the morning. No, I, you know, uh, I'm a nurse. Oh, no, I work at a grocery store. It's so busy. Can't, oh, can't possibly. What? I work at a bank. Can't make it. Just too busy. What? Really? Okay. Right? I mean, we had that. And it's one of the reasons I actually moved away from Chicago, away from a lot of family. Now they have all followed down here, or a lot of them have. But it got to a point where um, I was just tired of hearing the excuses. Like we, Because what I would do is always host and I like hosting. We're not hosting Thanksgiving, but I love to host because I like to take my Uncle Ed's approach. Nobody make anything. Nobody bring anything. If you want to bring your booze or something, you have to do whatever you want to do. But I will have the best of whatever I can do, the best meal, side dishes, drink, food, fun, games, things to do, chill. I, I will can when I host, I should say my wife. She does all the work. We will take care of it all. So nobody has to worry about it. And what happened is we would do that. And then people would still make excuses. Oh, I got to work. Oh, yeah. We all have to work. Who doesn't have to work? Everybody has to work. Everybody has to, oh, I got a long drive. And oh, the, there's all these excuses. And what I got to tell you guys is what I've been through in the last year, even through the recovery, don't. Do that to yourself. Don't do that to your family. Don't do it to your kids. Don't put everything on delay. I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. No, absorb this. Be a sponge this holiday season. Be a part of it. I don't like the way these guys are Democrats, fucking liberals. Oh, well, fucking deal with the libs then. Go deal with them. Oh, I don't like it. Go deal with it. It's okay. They're still your brother. They're still your sister. They're still your kids, your aunts, your uncles. Because someday you're going to be here like Jeff fucking Mann's at 45 years old. Your mom's dead. Your dad's dead. Your aunt, your aunt, uh, Uncle Ed is dead. A lot of your family, your nephews that you love so much are in Chicago. You won't get to see them. They're wonderful kids on this holiday. Right? In the hourglass, the sand is ticking. It's happening. Your kids are growing up. They're going to go away. They're trying to go to 
you know, they're trying to go see their boyfriends and girlfriends on their holidays. They want to break apart as well. It's like these times are precious. And the perfect scenario to get along with everybody and everybody's going to be is limited. It's going to end and it's going to be over. Right? Make the most of it, maximize it, make squeeze, absorb every bit of it. Right? Every bit of your family and friends, whoever you're hanging out with, even if it's by yourself, have the best time, eat the food you want to eat. Drink the drink you want to drink. Do what you want to do, if if that's it. Absorb as much as you can. Also, ring it out. Just ring it all out. Don't leave anything on the table. Don't leave anything unsaid. Like just live, man, because you just don't know. All right, moving on. So there we go. Um, let's let's look at the the week eleven. Let's look at the the recap from this past week, and you know where things stand, you know, going into this is the trade deadline week. Normally in my home leagues, any leagues I could trade in, it's like this week or next week. It's got extended in a couple leagues because of the extra week and all of that stuff. So make your trades, make sure you're at this point, like you're in two, there's really two modes. You're in playoff mode right now. All right. Or you're in, it's over, and you're in upset mode. You're either going to upset the competition, and your team is three and eight. You suck. You had a bad year, but you know what? You just picked up a couple guys. You got things are starting to work. You know, Justin Fields is taking off, or what have you. And then you could go upset teams, derail their season the way your season got derailed earlier. Play it to the bone. Play it to the end. For the rest of us, right, the rest of it, it is all about win every week from now on. Don't coast. Bro, I'm 8-3. and three. I'm in. Bro, I just got it. You know, I'm 9-2, and two, man. I, it's, uh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to look at the week 16 breakdown. No, no, no. Don't get out of habit. You know, singers and musicians and actors, and they take extended time off and they come back, they're a little rusty. Don't do that. Be in win now mode. Train yourself right now as if it's this is week 16. I have an 11 and 0 team, I've got two 9 and 2 teams, and I'm playing every fucking week like it is like if I lose, it's over. A clinch a playoff spot in my home league is the earliest I think I've ever clinched a playoff spot. It's the second time I've ever been 11-0 in that league in 25 years, mind you. Um, but I'm fucking, I'm rolling, man. I'm telling you, I'm going for it. Like, I want to win like it's the Super Bowl because that helps you. It helps you get into that week-by-week week feel. All right, don't look ahead because then you're going to over over shoot your competition. And if you think you know what's going to happen in week 16, 17, you don't. Like that is the worst mistake you can make. So be careful with all that. Um what we learned coming out, well, we learned that in DFS, I can't stop with the injuries. I mean it's fucking unbelievable. Kyle Pitts going down and Justin Fields, two players in my core four 
both go down. Fortunately, Fields, the game was already over. He put up plenty of points. We did cash seventh time in 11 weeks. Then uh, Daily Fantasy, it's a grind. I will happily, based on how this season has gone, I'll happily take it. I'm going to look back fondly on this DFS season, even though I'm going to continuously get mad at people who question core fours and question why you're playing this and that. Just let me do my fucking job because I'm good at this shit. Right. Um, But you learn, you have to protect the way we play DFS is all about protecting the downside. What happens if your quarterback goes, what happens if your tight end goes down? What happens if a running back goes down? Can you still survive? Can you still win? And for us, we've proven it. Tyree Kill, Juju Smith-Schuster, week one. Trey Lance, week two. Amon Ross St. Brown, week three. Richie James, week four. Teddy Bridgewater and Kyle Phillips, both week five. All injured. All in our core four and or DFS NFL cash game lineup. Week six, nothing. We swept week six. GPP, cash games, everything. It's one of our best weeks. Week seven, Amon Ross St. Brown, down. Week eight, Irv Smith, down. Week nine, Deion Jackson, down. Week 10, Jerry Judy, down. Week 11, Kyle Pitts, down. Justin Fields, down. It's fucking unbelievable. Yet, we've won seven of those weeks. Take out the week where we didn't have any injuries, and we won, what, seven out of ten? Six out of ten. I mean, there's not a stronger endorsement going, I, I don't think, than what we do and the way we're able to overcome all this, then that that fact right there. And I know damn well that this is going to... We cannot keep putting players in that get hurt. There's just no way to do it. There's no way you could go on a run. It's like uh, seeing a roulette wheel. And even though the math people, or they're not even math people, they're just dumb people. They say, well, there's no... You see 50 reds in a row, okay, and you say, well, there's no more chance it's going to be red than black. Well, yes, in theory, but really, no. It is the laws of probability will say it'll eventually it's going to go to black. Or most likely double zero, if you know. If you ever played the red-black game in roulette, you know it's just going to hit double zero and you're fucked or zero. That's what really happens, real-world shit. But nevertheless, Progression, positive regression. That's what we. That's what we'll talk about. That's what it's going to be about. Um, also, single game parlays, the betting stuff. We found our groove and are absolutely hammered. That's why I tell you guys the man's giving sale. I don't like to promise. I promise you're going to get better at the skill. I'm going to promise top shelf analysis. I'm going to promise hard ass work. Promise you interaction. I cannot promise you results in anything, not seasonal, not in daily, not in betting, but I'm, I'm pretty sure of betting right now. You are going to make money. Why? Cause I figured it out. They figured out, did this in the baseball season as well. Now with baseball, for those who follow our baseball product, you know, I had to get out of Dodge after the all-star break mid July because I was preparing for everything we're doing now in football. That's just my job. It's my responsibility. First month of the baseball season was up and it was down. It was, it was all over the place. And you know, it's only my third year betting baseball and just 
the success is moderate, but I found the groove. Total base bets. That's that's the jackpot. You get some plus odd bets, total bases, guys in perfect situations. I found a groove. I did it with college basketball when I went on that crazy, what it was, 31 and five, whatever it was, tear during the NCAA tournament. That tournament, that all happened while I was recovering from surgery. My ass up in the air, sitting in bed or in a chair, and I just fucking grinding bets because it's all I had to do. It got me through it. It was huge, very important. But I found the way, and that was the alt, the alt lines, alt line parlays, single game. And I'm doing that in the NFL. I'm fucking crushing it. Seven out of the last eight. I'll give one here on the show later on. But just basically, it's if you think about it, it makes sense. I, I've been talking about this all week long with the betting people. The state of Maryland, welcome. You guys are finally legalized betting, mobile betting as well. Our guy Phil Backert's ecstatic about it, I know. So there's like 32 states now active in legalized sports betting and another five or six with approved litigation or legislation where it's going to be in the near future. So this has happened. It's it's an opportunity for all of us, but you also have to stay calm, cool, and collected. You have to stay within your boundaries and make smart decisions. And the smart decision isn't opening up FanDuel or DraftKings or MGM or Caesars and saying, what's the recommended bets? You notice they pay all these guys like McAfee and Trey Wingo and fuck, man, every old person to uh, to do the odds boosted. What, what bets do you like? We'll boost the odds and all that. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, but they're not putting in best bets. They're just, they're boosting garbage and they won't boost every bet you want to make. They'll put, they'll give you all kinds of rules. And if you notice, it's always something like, oh, we'll recommend um, odds boosting. Uh, and any quarterback on Thanksgiving Day to throw four touchdown or more passes, like, get the fuck out of here, right? Micah, Micah Parsons to record two-plus full sacks. Oh, get the fuck. Two sacks, get the fuck out of here with that. Boosting that, all that's doing is promoting you to bet poorly. But you do it. These are the most popular bets. That on why? Because you guys do it easy. Don't. It's nothing's easy. Get that out of your fucking heads. You love sports. You love money. Why don't you decide? Make a conscious decision going into twenty twenty three that you know what I like to be. I like to have a little extra spending money. You know, I like that. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and work for that. I'm going to put in more time, right? I, I say that all the time. I look at Costco and see these fucking idiots standing in line for gasoline because it's 30 cents cheaper. I'm like, you spent 40 minutes or 30 minutes in line to get gas. If you, anybody work out with an hour for an hourly wage, do any of you make over $1 an hour? Yeah. So you know what you could have done? You could have spent less time waiting in line, waiting, doing nothing, and just work that extra half hour that you spent there at whatever your job is. And let's say you make 20 bucks an hour. You made $10. 
and 30 cents a gallon on gas. So, you know, what, what's it? So six bucks. So you're net positive four bucks just by working. And you could have gone anywhere you wanted right down the street, closest gas station. You can go get that, that big time speedway, expensive gasoline. Stop bitching at the prices of everything. Go make more money. I don't want to. I want to watch more TV. Okay. Well, that's your problem. Now, don't anything good is not anything good is worth working for. So if you want to be a good sports better, work for it. That's what I've done. And uh, I became a pro- immensely po- profitable sports better now. And I'm on absolute motherfucking fire with the single game parlays. And you have to dig for them. Why? Because you, you get to go to the alternate odds. And the other tip I've been giving everybody is find the bet you like most. If you're looking at Thanksgiving slate and you got the Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, Patriots, Vikings all playing, what's the best matchup of the of the day? What do you like the most? I like the Dallas run game. Okay, that's good. I like Buffalo to throw all over Detroit. Okay, that makes sense. I like New England to play a slow, plotting game to try to derail Kirk Cousins in prime time and the Minnesota offense the way that the Cowboys did the week before. Okay. that's All of these are reasonable. All right. It, just which one do you like the most? Which one do you think is most useful? You're most sure about and bet that thing. Then you go, don't bet it at the app that's closest to you. Find the best odds. We have it on the fantasy guru.com website. You can find all your, parlay numbers, your uh, prop bet numbers, your bet number, all the best lines, where to find them and find the one that fits what you like. That's my whole trick with the single game parlays. I just am good at identifying game flow. It's why I'm good at seasonal drafting, schedule analysis, DFS. Right. But what I was doing before, and I I've still do this, I force prop bets for as good as I've been at single game parlays and sides and totals. I've been, equally shitty with prop bets or let's say profoundly average at prop bets. So I'm not fucking doing it anymore. I'm not going to fucking force prop bets. See, I have had it with some of these companies that are so blatantly taking the best. See, I'm too aware and you need to be as well. You need to see for one, Sports books, I used to have access to all the prop bets. First eight weeks of the season or so. Thursday night, boom. Thursday night, it was, uh, I had a full run. All right, an absolute full run of all the, um, all the prop bets I could ask for. Every game and little little used players, the primetime players, you know, the great players, all easy would have them locked loaded. Now they don't release those until like Friday night, essentially. Okay. It's even later. Then everything's inflated. They know that specifically fan there's been such an influx of fantasy players to betting that they jack up all the numbers. See, I form my own lines, my own numbers, my own odds how the game's going to go. What's most likely to happen? What's the baseline? What's the ceiling projection? 
All right. And having done this for 18 years professionally, I have a pretty good grasp on where the numbers should be and should lie. And they're going every book in the world from your DraftKings, your FanDuel's to your smaller companies, like these prize picks and a super draft who is a player. Pro, they're just fucking inflating their odds beyond control. So essentially it forces you to take the under if that's the, that's the best bet. But we're not really wired for the unders, for the disappointment. We stay away from the unders in fantasy. That's what is in my DNA. So what they're really doing is leveraging our own emotions and our own tendencies. They see it because of their numbers and the dollars that come in. And they're forcing us to take, go bet. They know we are going to go want to go over on a player. We think is going to have a good game. And we, and what do we do? We start betting overs on how many of you bet over on Derrick Henry's rushing yards a couple of weeks ago. And it was at like 103. Do you know how fucking stupid a betting and over rushing yards 103 in 2022 is? but it's Derrick Henry. It doesn't matter. I was against Green Bay. It was a great matchup. Great matchup, but he ran the ball 28 times. Only got 87 yards. Well under the 100. 103 is a fucking ton. So, I, I mean, that's the force. So, don't just stay away from it. You could bet the under, like I said, but are you really comfortable? Would you be comfortable betting the under? Um, let's say that one, for instance, um, Derrick Henry under 103 rushing yards against Packers in a smash matchup, knowing he's going to get all those carries. No, you wouldn't be, but that's the better bet. So this is the thing. We won't do that. We will only go to the players we like. It's a trick. Same with those promoted tweets and odds boosted tweet or um, tweets, uh, bets that they all push on us. Figure out what you like the most. And for me, what I'm really good at is identifying game scripts. And it's quite frankly, it's why the DFS stuff is good. It's why the seasonal draft stuff is good. Um, and at why I've been able to manage for 18 years in this business, because that's what I do know. So, but it's not, the lines are sharp. They're good at it too. But the fact that they offer alt lines, make your own lines, find the parameters that work most and protect you the most from losing you combine those two you get plus odds it's the best bet that there is it's just the best bet going right now so um yeah so again i won seven out of eight of them i'm gonna do three they're already up by the time you're listening to this over at fantasyguru.com i've got one for each game and yeah why not go all six? Fuck it. Do a, do a small wager on all six. You know, I, 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 if you wanted to, me to rank the Thursday games, again, if you're listening on Friday, we'll see how it goes. This may, may not age well, as they say, but I'm super confident in my Buffalo Detroit one. I'm pretty confident in Giants Dallas and then New England and Minnesota. Eh, a little more skeptical on that one. I like it, of course. I wouldn't bet anything I didn't like, but least confident if you would. But that will leave us a nice cash-out opportunity going into it on a six-leg parlay. So just something to think about uh, right there. And I'll, I'll give those out at the end of uh, this program as well. Let's get into uh, the big news around the National Football League these days. 
or as of right now, this week, are the quarterbacks. So many quarterbacks that are changing hands and jobs that are turning over. There's no doubt quarterback position has been pretty much a shit show all year. I think that this is one of those lulls in the QB arena. We're going to get some really good uh, quarterbacks in for next year like rookie quarterbacks that come into the league. Now, you never know what you're going to get because we thought Trevor Lawrence was can't miss. And Trevor Lawrence is essentially just pure miss at this point. We've seen very, very, very limited flashes, and we hope he gets better. But when you start talking about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud um, coming in, these are like surefire absolutes. Will Will, uh, uh, Levis from... Uh, Kentucky, Kansas, Kentucky, man, I always get them confused. I think it's Kentucky, but you've got like absolute bangers at the top of the quarterback board. So it's going to create an influx of more talent there as well. We saw Justin Fields evolve this year as well. Tua has finally hit that stride. So the elite drafting elite quarterbacks is going to be even more important. I think more people will realize it now than they did before this season, we were pretty much the only people touting elite quarterback philosophy, and it's worked out amazing. Having Josh Allen, having Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes has been one of the best values, and he's lead, He's the guy. Every Jalen Hurts, all my teams that have Mahomes, Hurts, combination of them, I got one Josh Allen team. We're just rolling. It's been a tremendous year, and that takes elite level quarterback play. Don't forget that going into next year's draft by the way if you missed the uh thursday show i'm talking about my top 10 overall on for 2023 on thursday sirius xm show on uh, elite sports so uh, you could check that out if you're listening through the sxm app listen to that uh and i go through all my top 10s on there as well number one overall pick have a nice little discussion about that and i for me i think my top four or i'm sorry Four of my top five choices are wide receivers going into next year. I wouldn't draft a running back until about pick six. I have Travis Kelsey ahead of any other, any running back next year. And it's time we all start realizing that too and stop forcing the running back in at all times. It's just not the right way to build your team. Changes for this week. So the Jets announced Mike White is going to start over Zach Wilson. Uh, What do we say about Mike White? He had that amazing game week six or week seven of last year against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, threw for 405 yards, three touchdowns. The thing about him is he did throw eight interceptions in four games, essentially in three games, right? Because he got knocked out of the Indianapolis game there. I mean, he... Turned the ball over a shit ton. And that cannot go unnoticed as well. It's a good matchup against Chicago's defense. Chicago's been better against the run than they were previously, but their secondary is still shit and it's just lousy in coverage. Now, what happens with Mike White under center for the receivers in that receiver hierarchy? Well, we have Corey Davis who's practicing in full right now and looks like he's going to be back in this game. 
The other thing is we saw a lot of targeted slot receiver. Jamison Crowder was, you know, went for eight for 84 against the Bengals in that start. The other element though, is that Mike white in that big game against Cincinnati, he targeted the running backs 20 times. They caught 14 passes for 166 yards and a touchdown. That was Michael Carter and Ty Johnson combined. So that's, that's something. And Michael Carter becomes interesting. If you ask me um, this week, all of a sudden, right? Cause because wasn't really going to be on Michael Carter. It's not a bad matchup on the ground against Chicago. They're improving. They're definitely not good at this, uh, at this stage, but that check down is something we got to like a little bit. Um, and then whoever plays the slot, which is you know the billion dollar question going into it, because if Corey Davis, assuming Corey Davis returns this week, you have a real competition for the slot wide receiver for the New York Jets. Garrett Wilson, they played Elijah Moore there most of the season, then he spouted off, started bitching, and Robert Sala. One thing Robert Sala will not tolerate is you bitching and being a whiner. That's why Zach Wilson lost this job, or at least temporarily. So. As we look at it right now, pretty much Garrett Wilson's run about 50% of his routes from the slot. I feel like he's going to be there and he would be my number one choice. It's not a big upgrade. I'm not massively upgrading him, but it is a slight upgrade going to Mike White because I think a little more uh, affinity there. And obviously the skill set, Garrett Wilson, the flashes we've we've seen. Um, I'm not... If you're in a super flex league, you pick up anybody, right? Any port in a storm kind of deal. But I'm not going to be over the moon about getting myself some Mike White. That's for sure. The Texans announced Kyle Allen will start in uh, place of Davis Mills. I hope, hope and pray that folks realize that Davis Mills isn't the answer, that there's absolutely profoundly nothing there that you should be interested in. And as far as what Kyle Allen's going to bring to the table, it's nothing. There's absolutely nothing there. Miami's secondary is played like shit. You can't run against them very well. We're going to see a lot of running with Damian Pierce. It's just not going to, not going to go very well in my opinion. And uh, thus I'm staying the hell away. And I think it downgrades Nico Collins and it downgrades Brandon Cooks for the Texans standpoint. I want nothing to do with it. The Panthers are starting Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield and or PJ Williams. However you perceive it, it's Sam Darnold's job, at least for now. Denver Broncos is a terrible matchup. If you notice, the Carolina Panthers have played some real tough defenses. I mean, it's kind of crazy how difficult their schedule has been, but um, you know, it, it just is what it is. And I not, not much, you know, you play what's on the schedule, man. I don't care if it's, you know, the Ravens one week and Baker looks like absolute shit or what have you, but um, not a good matchup for that. I like DJ Moore. Terrace Marshall's dealing with a bit of a shoulder Sprain situation. He should play this week. He's going to play. I've loved Terrace Marshall um for you know forever. 
But with Sam Darnold coming back, I think it gives some hope to DJ Moore. I think it, it becomes another good situation for Moore to be back in the wide receiver three category for this week. And we did see uh, Patrick Sertain get lit up last week. That sort of tells when you see a, a lockdown corner or formerly lockdown corner get lit up, what happens around the league is they, everyone says, oh, we, we can throw at this guy. And if they're going to shadow DJ Moore with Patrick Sertain this week, I don't think we're going to get, I don't think Darnold's going to shy away from it. I just do not envision that happening. Now, it's been a while since we've seen Sam Darnold play football. He's been hurt a lot of the year. Um, But at the same time, I think that it has to be an upgrade over what we've seen, or at least provide some thread of hope for a guy like DJ Moore. Everybody else, I'm kind of sitting in that one. Um, And then Superflex, yeah, I think I would prefer him over Kyle Allen and Mike White, come to think of it, even despite Mike White having a better matchup, just like the experience factor of Sam Darnold. And then the Rams, the Rams sit officially ruling Matt Stafford out. John Walford has not been ruled out, but it looks like Bryce Perkins is going to get this job. And that's a good thing overall. It's not good for Allen Robinson. It's not good for Van Jefferson at all. I don't know what to do with Tyler Higby. I really wanted Stafford to start because I loved Higby this week. But with Perkins starting, that takes me out. The thing we'll get out of Perkins is some rushing ability. He's a big guy, big, strong runner, and will be mobile. It's desperate. That's desperately what the Rams need right now without Cooper Cup cutting Daryl Henderson this week, having essentially no running game, he's going to lead the team in rushing. So I think he's got some sneaky fantasy appeal, some sneaky DFS appeal. I don't think it's going to be anything tremendous because he can't, he's not an accurate passer at all. But I think there's, you know, at least a little bit of optimism for the offense that can move a little bit. So, and then we're looking at possibly as of this recording, Justin Fields has not been ruled off, ruled out. I do not think he's going to play. I hope he does not play. I don't think he should play. And again, if you have Justin Fields, I'm sorry I say that. He just is too valuable. You can't risk any more injury. So it's not throwing shoulder. If he toughs it out, great. But there's no more incentive. We've seen everything we need to see going to next year. Shut him down for the year. Trevor Simeon would be the backup. So let's assume Trevor Simeon is the starter for the Bears. I would rank the the replacement level starters like this. I would go with Darnold one. I'll go Mike White two, Bryce Perkins three, Simeon four, and Kyle Allen five. All right, that's the way I rank them. Full rankings over at Fantasy guru.com as well so uh get over there and check that out but that, so that's the breakdown of these new starting quarterbacks nothing flashy best help best opportunity and this this is one other reason why we don't ever rule a player out like Daryl Henderson just signed with Jacksonville Jaguars 
gets cut by the Rams. Now, all of a sudden, he's a heartbeat away from their starting job. James Robinson's gone from there, obviously. ATN's carrying the load, but he's a guy who's been hurt uh, in his career as well. And I think Daryl Henderson could scoot right into a fairly prominent role in a week or two. And we'll see what happens with Melvin Gordon getting released from the Denver Broncos. He's going to end up somewhere. Maybe by the time you're listening to this podcast, Gordon probably has a new home. You know, somebody got, you know, took a shot on him. So, uh, and then we're seeing Ronald Jones promoted for the first time in Kansas City because Jarek McKinnon's hurt and Clyde Edwards Hilaire's on injured reserve. So we're seeing him pop back into it. And the, the change at quarterback changes everything about the hierarchy of wide receivers. So when Sam Darnold replaces Baker or PJ Walker, all of a sudden DJ Moore is another chance. See how that goes. And conversely, we were excited about Nico Collins a week ago with Davis Mills. Now you bring in Kyle Allen and it's Rutro Rorge, Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. I was just touting pretty heavily last week. Mooney worked, Claypool didn't. But now without fields, the whole fuck fucking stay the hell away from the whole thing. All right. Things change like this, man. That's why it really pays off to have an identity, have an ideology when it comes to fantasy football. Invest in the situations you believe the highest and most in and go all the way, baby. That is how you don't just win once. That's how you stay winning in fantasy football. All right. Uh, all right. Well, you know, I don't want to keep you guys. It's a holiday weekend. So let me get into it. For those of you, I'm going to pay you off uh, listening before the early game on Thursday. Thank you for downloading and listening right away. Got to give you guys some credit. So I like a nice, easy bet for the Bills and the Lions. You're not going to get much of an argument from anybody, I don't think, or I hope not, that the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game. You know that we love spreads of nine and a half or higher. We love betting the unders. This game total is at 54 and a half. It's way too high. That's way too high in my opinion. So, you know, indoors, not indoors. Bill's defense is fantastic. They've given it the fifth fewest points on the season. And the Lions, lo and behold, everybody, I don't know if you should – yeah, look up now, but the Lions are playing better football. Lions are playing decently well, and I don't think they're going to win in this game, but defensively, they've stopped the run better. They've uh, started taking the ball away a little bit more. They're up to 12th in the league in takeaways. Huh? Buffalo leads the league in giveaways. Huh? So I'm not going to take the nine and a half. I'm going to lower it down six, minus six and a half for the Buffalo Bills. They'll win by a touchdown. They'll win by a touchdown. But I'll, uh, and so that one's incredibly safe. And then jack it all the way up to 59 and a half and go under, right? Go under. That's a plus 120 single game parlay right now. Minus six and a half on the Buffalo Bills, under 59 and a half. Think about that. This game's going to be 31 to 17. That's what the final score is going to be. That's 48 points. That's an 11-point buffer, folks, from anything you could possibly do. So that's a lot of protection. That's an absolute motherfucking stone-cold lock. All right, so there you go. Um, Giants Dallas, you have to get it uh, on the site, fantasyguru.com. I got parlay, got some prop bets. 
four Thursday night games, Thursday's games, all up in there as well. So get over there and check it out. Again, man's giving sale, folks. It's $99 the rest of the season. Don't wait. Don't put it off any longer. Come watch games with me. Maybe even, uh, I think, yeah, I'll be home by the time that late game starts, Minnesota and New England. Or I, I'll be home a second half. I'll jump in the man's cave. It's a Discord channel over at fantasyguru.com, and I hang out with you, and you know, we all talk and bullshit and hang out. Don't pepper me with a million questions. You can ask questions, but if you don't, I have a trade. I have a trade. I have a, I have a roster. One roster question. What do you think of this? General questions welcome, but man, you got to let me watch the games too. I can't be peppered with questions during the game. We just That's a hangout. Think of the man's cave as a hangout. Casual. Nice. Not on the clock. We're just hanging. Um, so get over there and check that out. All right, my bet. Let's go for those of you who are listening on Friday. Like, fuck, I missed it. Uh, man's cash is another one. I'll give you a Sunday bet. Um, you know what? I, li- I like the Chargers minus three. So Kyler Murray has been announced as likely starting. He's practicing in full, yada, yada, yada. Pretty sure he's going, despite Arizona having a bye week next week, week 13, uh, Arizona and Carolina, by the way, both have bye weeks. So um, still that lowered it. This was a four, four and a half point spread. It's now down to minus three for the Chargers on the road. I'll take it. The Cardinals just aren't good. They just aren't any good. And the Chargers are. Keenan Allen back playing more. It's just, it's a complete difference maker for Justin Herbert and this team. And we'll see what happens with Mike Williams. If not, Palmer was great last week. He needs Keenan Allen, that threat of Keenan Allen, to be as good as he was last week. So with or without Mike Williams, the Chargers win, and they win by more than a field goal. Oh, survivor picks for those still alive and those, man, congratulations once again. It's really hard to go away from the Dolphins, the Bills. Those are obvious. You've, you had to have used the Bills by now. I want to see who you – if you are in a survivor pool and you've made it to week 12 and you haven't used the Buffalo Bills, you got to show me. At Jeff underscore man, show me who you've been using because that's that's fucking amazing. And you are a savant and a fantastic gentleman or gentle lady. Amazing. Miami would be the choice. If you're going a little more sneaky or a little more under the radar, I suppose. Uh, 49ers, great spot against the New Orleans Saints this week as well. At home, San Francisco is going to roll. That's a no-brainer also. And the Ravens against the Jaguars. I know we had the scare with the Ravens last week. And I get that you might balk at it a little bit, but if you're out, if you don't have the Dolphins, the Bills, 49ers left, fuck, you should be thankful you have the Ravens at this stage. So there you go. Upset of the week, everybody. Who was a couple, a couple um upsets like Cincinnati and, and Tennessee is, is that a really upset? Cleveland over Tampa Bay. I know Tampa is a three, three and a half, depending on the book point favorite wherever you're at i don't think cleveland winning that game at home is going to be that big of a surprise um so all my upsets are kind of the close like that the one i'm most sure about though let's go to monday night football pittsburgh steelers pittsburgh steelers are a better team than indianapolis 
they're three point underdogs as of this recording right now on Fanduel. Come on, man. Come on. Steelers probably should be my. They should be minus two and a half against the, this Colts team. Colts playing hard. Played real well against Philly last week. Got a big W two weeks ago. But you know the newness, the wearing off a little bit. Jeff Saturday invigorated excitement. Sure, sure. But now it's back to the grind and a new workload and. I Steelers defense with Minka back and TJ Watt back. And it's just too strong. Najee Harris running better. They're going to win this game outright. So them plus the three points right now, no brainer winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Didn't want to go too long on this uh, holiday weekend. I know you guys are busy. Thank you. One and all for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, commenting on this podcast. We love your commentary. We love your feedback. If you're on the SXM app or Stitcher or Pandora, or even if you're on Google play or iTunes or anywhere else, leave those comments, that feedback. It is much appreciated. Ladies and gentlemen, we love to hear it. That will do it. Episode 138 in the books. I want to thank each and every one of you for your support over the last year. Thank you for the support throughout my career. Thank you for the support of this podcast. Thank you for your support of this episode. I wish each and every one of you a very happy Thanksgiving. Very happy and healthy holiday weekend, holiday season, everybody. You may disagree with some or maybe every single thing that you heard in today's episode. Folks, it's okay. We're not baby back bitches. We know that if we disagree, it's fine because it's just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!